is it? What is it? What is it? Let's call an old friend. Hello. Uh, first time, long time, I think you are. I don't think we've ever had you on the show before. I've never been on the show, no. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, of course. And uh, one one of our oldest people we've known, I think, I think we've... The host of this show have known you since you were about 18. Sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, what, we met at Sierra College back in, what, 2000? So, that was a while ago. Followed, followed by uh, the, the passings at the record store. Yep, passings uh, at the record store, and then me getting a job at your record store for three months until I had to quit. It's a good three months, though. I was no, making so much money. It was great. But yeah, no, you can really. Uh, I, I always lament that I didn't set aside the, the all the money I made working at the store. <laughs> just live off of it. You know, I don't regret it as much as uh, you know, not setting aside all the money that I may or may have not pilfered from uh, a fast food restaurant when I was a teenager. I mean, that would have sure. been smart. But uh, and what are you gonna what are you gonna do? But just look what back and do? regret. You know, hindsight, right? And then here we are, 40 years old. 40, you're, you're, you just turned 40. How are you feeling? I've, I've still got a couple, uh, about 10 days till I turn 40. But oh, feeling, you well, you know, you know, I fucked up my foot. So my body is started rejecting physical activity, which I think this is about the appropriate timeline for me to give up childish things like kickball and, uh, you know, take a back seat and relax. But what better what better band to get in touch about than two people that met when they were teenagers that are now forty talking about how mundane life is now? And that's yeah. uh, that's ninety percent of Talking Heads lyrics is the, mon- I mean, the mundaneness of the world. That is their breadbasket for sure. That and uh, yeah, and uh, 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 just your everyday paranoia about life they in general. Hand. They go hand in hand. Hand but, in uh, hand. I mean, speaking of, speaking of the topic, the talking head. So we, I, 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 I cite you as one of the cornerstones of my uh, the, becoming a fan of this band. And obviously, as a child, I, I heard the, the big hits, the burning down a sure. house, and once in a lifetime. But specifically, uh, two two things. Uh, one, when we lived together, just I had access to your CD, uh, your CD case. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. had at least a couple of their albums in it. A couple and, of their uh, albums, soundtrack to stop making sense, probably, and a couple other things, yeah. And then, and then in the uh, the, the the days at uh, Lipstick, I remember very vividly mm-hmm. just seeing you dance the Psycho Killer, and it was just uh, it was it was it was art. The, the you and that song together. So. Well, you know. I have been I, I, I've been told by multiple people that my dancing style is very akin to David Byrne in aforementioned Stop Making Sense and, and, and other you know other filmed concert footage from them back in the day and it's they're not wrong they're definitely not no wrong. and there's a there's a higher level where you you become so unrhythmic that you have rhythm you break three you break yeah, through it's kind of like when you watch you know Mystery Science Theater is watching movies where they're so bad they're good. I'm not saying you're yeah, dancing exactly. bad, but you cross that barrier 
to where it becomes something new. Right, yeah, like, uh, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, but three lefts do, you know? So that's kind of what I was going around the block again from bad to horrible to worse, and then, oh, now it's okay. Yeah, he's got now it. You've, so. Now you've broken your foot. It all comes together. Yeah, and <laughs> my dancing career is ruined. So as a as a as a talking head fan, a young man, a teenager, when did you when did you start really getting into them? Uh, I would say I saw so you know like you had heard all the hits on the radio, and then I saw Stop Making Sense at some point uh, in my formative years, and I was like, holy shit, this is this is amazing. Not only is it a beautiful a beautiful film um, in the way their music is presented within the film, but the music itself was. Um, something that actually made sense to me um, just with the the band itself and then all the you know all the extra band members that they had on the stage percussionists horn sections everything like that and uh, I was like wow I should really kind of dig in a little further into these guys' discography and, and figure it out because at that point it was just radio shit for me that I had heard um, all the big ones, and then you dig deeper and you listen to those. You know, I, for me, the first four albums are just like each one is a classic. Each one is just it brings something different. Um, but each one is like no filler on, especially the first four albums. I think. And so I was just yeah. like, wow. But, you know, and I was also at the time getting into like that mid to late seventies CBGB scene. And, um, oh no, I, yeah, sorry about that. Um, CBGB scene with like television and, and Ramones and Richard Hell and the Voidoids and Dead Boys and stuff like that. The Talking Heads were part of that. So obviously I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's listen to all these guys. And, uh, Talking Heads are one that really stood out to me as being, um, an exemplary band of their time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the high, the high watermark those first four records and uh, I believe oh, yeah. this one that we're talking about tonight is the fourth um, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's it's probably the, the high watermark of the band at all uh, I, I just this this one really stands out to me as like some kind of distant weird like cousin to David Bowie's Blow trilogy somehow and um, just a lot more the African elements to it but uh, give me, give me your, give me, give me your, your, your brief, your, your overview, your opinion of the remaining. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. This might be my favorite one of the of their first four, um, just because the band is really like they're they're taking these influences from all over the place. And uh, there's something interesting. I I had not heard My Life in the Bush of Ghosts, which was David Byrne's record with Brian Eno, until maybe like. I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And um, listening to this album, I was like, wow, this is almost like a, it's like a kindred spirit to that album. Yeah, you um, probably kind of had an aha moment there. I, uh, yeah. I didn't yeah. I, I heard I, both of them. And then I root for the podcast. I, I revisited My Life in the Bush and Ghost, probably the only, like maybe the second time I listened to it all the way through. And when you listen mm-hmm. to it next to this one, you can definitely see how they informed each other. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I learned that that album, My Life in Fish and Ghosts, was recorded before this album, makes sense, and but released after this album because um, they had to clear samples or some shit like that for uh, for My Life. But um, it really did, like, it made total sense to me. I find this album to be a little bit more, a little less difficult than My Life in the Bush and Ghosts can be. Um, listening to it, I don't have as good of a time just like as background music or as um, even a willing listener to it um, with My Life in the Bush and Ghosts. I find this album to be more vibrant than that and uh, fuller and more, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate it more than I do with my life in the Ghosts. But uh, still, they're both really good albums. But this one stands out as uh, above and beyond for me. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy that this record, which is very renowned, um, I, I find the first half of it's more of the danceable half and the second yeah. half is more of the introspective half uh, yeah, and then right in the middle you got once you got once in a lifetime right in the middle which is probably their most well-known song and it's just such a uh, well-known classic rock. I mean it's really it's a classic rock song at this point it's, and it's, uh, it's right in the middle of this point. thing and, yeah, uh, the way they, they, they set the track list for this album is really interesting. To, to, they started off with uh, Born Under Punches, which is just like right out the gate. They're, they're going for it. And it's a uh, such a, an amazing, amazing up-tempo, Afro-funk kind of, but with their own skew on, you know, kind of new wave uh, mixed in with it and, uh, and, and punk elements and stuff like that. And from there, it builds to a peak with um, with uh, the great curve in Once in a Lifetime. And then you're right from there, it starts going down, uh, but not in a bad way at all. Uh, introspective is a really good way to put it. Um, and it, every song has a different atmosphere and soundscape and the stories that they're telling with it. And uh, it, yeah, yeah, the way they set the track list it sounds really really interesting and it keeps you um it keeps you interested the entire way through yeah the i think the the standout track for me definitely is uh the listening wind right there at the right near the end which has got right some of the, the, end, best, yeah. uh, the best david Byrne vocals like uh in their whole, whole catalog i think uh, the guy, Definitely. the guy is a better singer than I think he gets credit for. When he, right, he does get he does get criticized for his you know coyote yelp at times and and his his weird vocalizations, but that song is a standout for him. Um, definitely, and that is absolutely one of the highlights. Just the story he's telling about the uh, um, dude in Africa seeing you know American um, influence in his country, wanting to wish it away. Um, it, it really is a, a striking song, and the instrumentation, instrument, you know, is, is beautiful throughout that song. It truly is like a beautiful song. Yeah, and it's haunting. No, it's it, haunting. It actually, it kind of reminds me of the music from Donkey Kong's uh, Underwater Levels, which is a high, it's actually high praise. Donkey Kong Country's Underwater Levels. You beat the, they beat him to the punch by about 14 years, but I'm telling you, it's uh, they're, they're, they're cousins. Mm -hmm. Listen to it. 
You might like need to do a little interstitial to our interstitial and get Joe Beer on the phone to talk about the, the Donkey Kong Country underwater level music. I'm well, sure we're trying. We're trying. It. We're trying to keep the length of episodes down. But, uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, Joe can but, uh, wander. He can wander on. That's true. Oh yeah. No, I've edited some discussions with him, and also just uh, sat by poolside and discussed things with Joe. But. Uh, no, we we're, we're big fans uh, on this phone call, of Joe Joe uh, Joe Vier. Oh, um, he's a great guy, one of the best. Yeah. All right. Well, I am. Uh, that is, I think, the uh, it's time for me to hang up the phone because it's okay. Monday night on a work night. Because it's, Mon- but, it's uh, Monday night on a work night. I didn't want to yeah, say but, anyone out there who hasn't listened to this should. It's only eight tracks long. It's like forty minutes. It's a nice, tight album, and well worth a listen. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think that's actually one thing I want to ask you before we go here is I'll make make this point again to me. The episode uh, that this is going to be, be part of is that I think talking heads are the most lack of better term, uh, artistically credible four quadrant bands like out there. I, yeah. I it's just, you know, they yes, it's it's art punk, if you will, but it's also catchy. You can dance to it classic rock hits i mean you can put one of their songs on and a jock a goth a a, a, a an accountant and a in a school marm will all enjoy they're all gonna it. love it Lo- yeah they're, they're all gonna love it they, they cross boundaries um they truly do a lot of other bands you know they're you know some people just might not get into them but the talking heads are really almost universal in a way that you know they got a groove and everybody can find it you know? Yeah, when and, um, and then when half the people find out what they're actually talking about, when they find that groove, their minds might be blown. Yeah, yeah, their minds might be blown. Absolutely, they're mocking me. So, are <laughs> <laughs> these guys talking about me? Are they talking about me? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, pal. All right. Glad, glad to get you into the pantheon of a uh, of uh, people from the history of the host lives onto the show. Sure, absolutely. I was very happy to, to help and uh, be there. And I love all you guys and love the show. And um, if you guys ever talk about, like, uh, I don't know, pavement at any time, <laughs> you call your boy. I've got you, I've got you, I've got you on the pavement shortlist for the, like, the whole song by song thing, if that ever happened, or any band off of the, uh, the Elephant Six Collective. Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be there with bells on, buddy. Or mag- magnetic fields as well. If we do a magnetic field, you're on my list. Okay, I love it. I love it. Oh boy, are we, we're going to do uh, uh, 69 little shows about 69 love songs. Maybe that, but now now that you say that, maybe we should just go go bigger and just do uh, Zarika, all four discs. Oh, each each person just listens to one disc. <laughs> and, then we, and then we come together and we think, you know, we voice our opinions. That might be the podcast experiment that gets the attention of the, uh, the actual band and makes sure we make the big time. 